As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit won't you let me try? Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus. I am joined live and in person here in Nashville, Tennessee with Scott Powers. Hello. We are we are in your hotel room. You've been in this hotel room for about 30 seconds. You've already trashed the place. You're like a you're like a 1980s glam rock star apparently. Yeah. I'm, later the, the chair will go through the window. <laughs> if it can go through the window. <laughs> Depends on how much uh, time we spend on Broadway tonight, I guess, before we see that. Yeah, I don't know if I want to spend any time on Broadway. <laughs> I got a, I got a list of places from my cousin who lived here. We have the Irish places and the Scottish places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're nothing if not predictable, Scott. <laughs> he told me that there's one decent place on Broadway that he'd recommend. Uh, he said go to... Um... He gave me a whole list. What did he say? Uh... This is good, pod- good podcasting, yeah. Scott, as you scroll through your emails. No, it is... Um... Yeah, no, I'll find. Oh, he said Robert's Western World is the only good bar in Broadway. So, <laughs> Broadway. I'm not a big Tootsie's guy. You know, I used to pretend that I like Robert's Tootsies, Western but... World would like to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the, we've been coming here for so long now, eleven seasons covering this team, and all the times like everyone wanted to go to, Twi- to Tootsie's, the famous place. I hate it. It's loud. It's crowded. You can't have a conversation. They only have crappy beer there. You can't get like a nice drink. It's it's like hell on earth for me. Yeah. But there are a lot of places I do like. I like being up in a nice bar where I can like you know talk to my friends and and have a drink and just enjoy the enjoy the place and I, I had a little bit of that last night uh it's fun coming here but it is so goddamn hot here like the nhl keeps having these drafts in like these hot weather places like we were in florida we were in dallas we're here we're gonna be in vegas Thanks, next yeah. year what are we doing man like I, I keep i tweeted this yesterday have the drafts in the north and have the all-star games in the south why is this complicated 
Watch, we'll end up like in some other city where it's just hot as hell anyway, so it doesn't matter. Global warming, man. It's hot everywhere anyway yeah, this time of year. Is, it is late, too. <laughs> but, so yesterday, you know, they, uh, the, uh, they had some availability with some of the awards finalists, and I went down there for a story that's coming out tomorrow. And um, we're, our hotel, we're like a mile and a half from the, you know, normally I would walk a mile and a half. That's like a good walk. But it's 900 degrees out, so I didn't want to walk. I didn't want to get an Uber, too. That felt like wasteful. It's too short to drive. So I, I hop on one of those scooters. I got sitting there like a tool with my little cargo, my cargo pants and my backpack on, and I'm scooting down uh, Broadway, going over the highway and stuff. And I, by the time I got to the hotel, I was still just drenched in sweat. It like, didn't save me anything. So, took an Uber back. It cost the same as the scooter did. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, uh, so we're, we're doing the podcast today. We're, we'll probably do one after the draft too. But yep. we do one. We're doing one today because the Blackhawks have acquired uh, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. Do we ever get a quiet draft weekend? Has there ever been like one where the Blackhawks didn't do anything of note? I mean, you've got, you know, all the all the salary dumps of the Cup years when it did Boland and Sharp and all them. You had, you know, the Jalmerson and Panarin one, which was the big one where Joel Pendle storms out of the room. Yeah, that was in Chicago. Um, last year they went from having zero first round picks to having three of them, and they traded to Brinkett and Kirby Doc. Now you got a Taylor Hall trade. I mean, cap dump or no cap dump, that's a number one pick and an MVP. Why is it never quiet? Yeah, I was trying to think what year. Who they draft in Chicago? Is that the Yoki Haru year, right? Twenty seventeen, I want to say that was. Yeah, would that have been the Yoki Haru? Yeah, because the next year was Boquist. Yeah, because didn't Kane, Kane and Taves announced Yoki Haru? God, I don't remember. These all blur together, man. This is this is again more good podcasting as we try to rack yeah. our brains, try to remember a thing from yeah. six years. I'm ago. sure. I'm sure people remind us of years <laughs> that didn't, anything didn't happen. But it was in, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The fact that they've had so many higher draft picks too. Like before, it was like. The 18th pick or whatever. Something. Yeah, now it's like top 10 picks every year, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're seeing how the other half lives. So, so the Blackhawks traded for Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno in, in exchange for Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell, two RFAs that yeah. um, I thought they were going to re-sign Regula, maybe Mitchell. Um, I guess the slight surprise is they, the Boston must have must have thought they'd have to probably give up something to do cash? I mean, they, yeah, it, this it, is it, getting rid of a salary for them. I mean, the Blackhawks are filling a need that they... I guess the Blackhawks won in the offseason only a top six forward and a veteran, and they feel like um, this achieves that. But at the same time, Boston was... Yeah, Boston obviously wanted to get rid of Taylor Hall. It's interesting. Like, like you got to like what you get for the Black. They, they got a former MVP who's only 31 years old It can give Connor Bedard the weapon he needs for free. I mean, they got him for free. Like, they probably weren't going to, you know, re-sign Mitchell and, you know, Regula, fine. He, he's like a fringe prospect. So you get, you get, a, you get a Hall of Hall But the question free, is, we've talked a lot got about, something... Like, this is what I mean. Yeah, we, we've been talking all the time about weaponizing cap space. That's not what this was. No. This was accepting a salary cap dump. Yeah. They did not, like, hold Boston's feet to the fire here, you know? Boston didn't retain any salary, and the Hawks didn't get a draft pick out of it. They didn't get a prospect out of it. Like, this is a good trade on the surface for the Blackhawks, but... It's a little surprising that they weren't able to kind of squeeze. And Boston's in such a... They're in dire straits in terms of the cap. They, and they really want to sign Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, so they had to get rid of Hall. And for the Blackhawks to take his entire salary, which I know they need to get to the cap floor, yeah. so it, it, you could have gotten it, something for that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it, so you didn't really want Boston eating it. You probably would have hoped Boston throw it in a draft pick right. or... Yeah, or this is not or, weaponizing your cap space. No, this was... Yeah, this, this is using your this cap This was, space. yeah, yeah, utilizing your cap space. Um yeah, in exchange for very little, but yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I guess part of it depends on what the rest of the weekend looks like, right? Like the next of the week, like who's moved under other cap situations like this. Um, 
Because Taylor Hall, he checks a lot of boxes for what they want in having next to someone like Bedard. Otherwise, I felt like you were probably acquiring a player. You're like, oh, this guy's okay. And, yeah. you know, like Taylor Hall isn't what he once was. But, he's a good player. But, yeah, he He, he fits, drives the play, yeah. you know. He plays, both, he plays both ends of the ring. He's a good yeah. player. And, and, and Felino's interesting because he's, he's actually going to be UFA in a yeah. few days. Um, you know, according to his agent, that they're interested in having conversation. And the Blackhawks seem like they're um, – they think they can get something done because they have – yeah, money's not really an issue for them right now, right. so you, you can pay a guy a lot of money. And, and you know, Felino brings you, everyone loves Nick Felino. Yeah. He's, he's like one of those big character guys, kind of like Jack Johnson was last year. You bring in a veteran that everybody likes and that's yeah. been through all the wars. And, uh, you know, he's still a pretty good, solid defensive forward. He can play in your third or fourth line. Um, he'd be a nice addition. I think he was making like almost like almost $4 million this year. Yeah, 3.7 million. Well, he should not be making that much money, but if you can get him for a 1.5 or 2, I mean, that's Yeah, but I, I don't think, again, I don't think, like we, I think there's only one contract that really matters uh, in the coming year is Kurashev's. I think Kurashev's the yep. first, I, I'd like to write about this and maybe just ruin my story now, but um, I, I think Kurashev's the first contract that Davidson's going to give out for someone over a million dollars that, could be part of the future, right? Like everyone else, everything else has been a stopgap. Yeah, um, or or it's like Soderblom was interesting, and they got him a good deal, but um, everything's been less than two hundred thousand, you know, less than a million dollars. So, um, I think, uh, yeah. So I don't. The money really doesn't matter. Like they, they, uh, you know, I wrote about it today, and they needed to probably fill up about ten million dollars to even get to the cap floor, and yeah. you know, so you know, like. Felino, they throw him two or three million dollars. He's probably gonna be overpaid. A lot of these guys. I mean, at the well, the real. But I mean, overpaid. And, are are they gonna go out and add? Still try to add someone else, like a JT Comfer or a Max Domi, or is this the Taylor Hall kind of? Yeah. Not 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 you know necessitate that anymore. Yeah, for sure. I, I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, they certainly have the cap space to do that. It's they also want to like they still need to toe the line of they don't be. Like you don't want to get too far, too good, right? Like all of a right. sudden, they don't. They still want to be bad next yeah, year. Yeah, like yeah. The goal is to have another. You, you want to have Connor Bedard have be put him in a position to be successful, but you don't want the team to be successful. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you want to. Yeah, I'm having sure. Taylor Hall and say Tyler Johnson on your top line with him, Connor Bedard's going to do well. Yeah. Those are good, serviceable players For that sure. know how to play. Yeah. But it's also not good enough that you're going to win forty games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice sweet spot yeah. for them. Yeah, and there's some roster flexibility in that they there's a lot of guys like Reese Johnson and you know Mackenzie Entwistle and mm-hmm. Boris Kachuk and you know there's a lot of guys that that don't necessarily you know they're, they're probably not going to require that roster spot if they want to somehow bring in someone or 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 if, if there's an opportunity to you know to weaponize that I think there's opportunities where they have enough players toward that bottom end where I don't think a lot of those people are long term. Yeah, there's still. going to be quite a logjam in terms of that bottom six, especially if you get ring in Felino. You'll have you know Felino, Kachuk, Entwistle, Reese Johnson, Joey Anderson, Colin Blackwell is still around. Yeah, you know, you know, your top nine is probably going to be some combination of you know maybe Hall, Bedard, and Tyler Johnson. That would make sense. Uh, Reichel on your second line with with who? Atkinson or Gutman? Radish. I think, I think could be at, that's what's interesting with Athanasio is you know Luke Richardson started using him as a center late in the year and he liked him there. But you've also got Jason Dickinson, you got Cole Gutman, you've got uh, Entwistle can play center, Reese Johnson can play center. There's a yeah. lot of guys in there that can kind of interchangeable parts. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure Gutman's going to start. Like from what I've heard, I'm not sure he's going to be healthy enough to start the yeah. year, but it, he'll be back soon. Um, I, I think either way, Reichel and Athanasio showed like they had some chemistry. Yeah, so really probably. Yeah. You probably want to, you know, mess with that a little bit, and then you put Radish or maybe on their right line, and that's a pretty solid second line. That's gonna clean yeah. them off. I don't know if it'll stop anyone from scoring, but they'll score. You know, like with with now with Bedard and 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 Hall, like you probably want someone who's a little bit more pass first, right? Like it's like you do need like because I thought Radish was gonna fit with Bedard, but that probably doesn't make it. Like you could probably want no. Hall and 
So Radish, Reichland, this you, and then yeah, there's I mean there's yeah Joey Anderson. Who, I like Tyler Johnson in that top line right wing role because yeah. he he's a guy who he thinks the game at a high level. He, he and, does, and 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 he's he's got no ego. Yeah. Like he you know he's he was famous for when he was in Tampa where he kind of embraced that fourth line role which was put upon him after being a top six guy, and he, he just seems like a guy who is happy to play his role, whatever that role may be, and I think he'll want Connor Bedard to succeed. He's a really good guy. I I like that top line of Hall. Bedard with Tyler Johnson. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Radish is a scorer. You don't want to have another scorer on because yeah. you want you you don't want Bedard to become passive and deferential. You want him to develop some killer instinct quickly. Yeah. And Hall is a finisher. You don't want to have two finishers on both on both of his wings. Makes sense to me. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think the defense is going to look like? I mean, you know. Uh, Without Regula there, Regula and Mitchell could have been in the mix next year. Now, you, you, you kind of wrote about this a little bit in our, our news story on this. Is There's now kind of a dearth of right-handed shots in this system. Yeah. You know, Nikita Zaitsev's going to have to play at yeah. this point. I think they were going to play. I, I think Zaitsev was part of the uh, financial plan. They, they need his contract. Um, it all depends on whether Korchinski plays or not. Yeah, I... I think they're going to... I think regardless, they're going to burn the year. I think that he's going to appear in 10 games and then... Uh, they'll either send him back, or they'll send him to World Juniors, or you know maybe end the year, end the year in Seattle. But I don't, I don't. What 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 more is he going to get? Out of, he just had a championship no. run in Seattle. I, I also think that, I think I think Davidson needs to start thinking more about contracts and um, him sliding the year probably actually hurts the Blackhawks because then same he, as Bedard. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that and just the usually someone like Pujinski is not going to put up crazy numbers last year, but. It, you know, like four years from now, like he's yeah. the numbers are a little bit different as they get older. So I think burning the year, like you, you sort of help yourself on the second contract. And um, yeah, I don't know how much he, he he more he gets out of Seattle. And um, you know, even if he sits games this year and you just want him watching, and I mean, he's played two hundred junior games over the last two years. Like he's a kid that just needs to develop. And I don't think WHL hockey. Um, no. Yeah, I, I just I, I think not he's, enough for him it's right exceeded now. that. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, it, I, I could certainly see him. I mean, uh, Blackhawks fans are going to cringe when you hear the words "World Juniors," but that's a that's a very logical yeah. thing for him to do. Is well, to I mean, Doc would have made. I mean, they could they should have sent Doc to the World Juniors the first year. Yeah. I mean, the kid like, he was barely playing at that point, and you just it, the, there's going to be a developmental plan still, you know, for um, yeah for Kaiser and Velasic and Korchinski. So I, I I think they start off with I, I think this season you see maybe like Korchinski and Jones, yeah. uh, Velasic and Murphy. Um, maybe Kaiser wins. Tenorti, Murphy. Yeah, to, to, they like Tenorti and yeah, Murphy together. Yeah, maybe Vlasic sure. and Kaiser switch off with Zaitsev. Yeah, and then or maybe uh, one of them learns to play on their offside. Yeah, and for that sure. Would, that would that would greatly benefit both of their chances if they would learn to adapt yeah. and be like a Jomerson and play. I feel like Kaiser has a chance to do that. He's a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, agile and yeah. Just like gonna... there's no rule saying you have to be a right-handed shot to play on the right side. No, I mean, no. Jomerson yeah. was a perfect example of that. If you're going to be a defensive-minded yeah. guy, it can actually help to be on your off wing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Darmelson was just so rare that like yeah. It was, yeah, he was just he, and plus he didn't have to do much offensively. So sometimes it's well that yeah that was it was helpful that he could just defend and get the puck out and someone else would deal with it. Um, so and, you, and then you, and then um, I, I guess Caleb Jones is still a possibility. That's the to come that's back. A big question too. Yeah, because if you bring back Caleb Jones, you're either scratching Zaitsev every night. Yeah. Or you know you're 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 just blocking up this pathway. For yeah, I think that's the thing you got to worry about, right? Is like yeah. you just want to block. I mean, there's enough guys that I like Caleb Jones. Like he's he is a phenomenal skater. There's a lot to like there, and he's a relatively young guy still. 
But if you believe that, you know, Vlasic and Kaiser and Del Mastro and these guys are in the... Yeah, they, I mean, all those guys are coming them. next year. Next year, Nolan L and then Del Mastro. Yeah. I mean, Isaac Phillips is still there. Isaac Phillips, yeah. You can't keep blocking them with middle-of-the-road yeah. guys. Yeah. And Kurczynski needs to have a... Like, you need to have that spot open, so... Yeah. Um, and then in that, I think it's Soderblom and, and Mrazek, obviously. Yeah, I think that's it. So I, I, it was nice to see. Al, I saw Alex Daylock yesterday. He's here for the. He's a finalist for yeah. the Master Ten. He's a. He'd be a very deserving winner. Um, and uh, you know, he was joking around to how he's just drawing interest from all thirty-two teams. <laughs> He'll be missed. He was a. He was a well-liked guy in that room. Um, happy, happy for him that you know he's. You know, his career has been resurrected basically yeah. for what he went through. But uh, yeah, Mrazek, Soderblom. That's and, and then you know that's that's a no-brainer to have. Um, so, so what do we? What do you think? We getting more fireworks this week, or is this the big one? No, I think this is. I think this is the big one. Um, I'm, I'm curious if they move in the draft in, in the, that second. They'd pick. They'd love right? to trade up. They want that 19 to become like a low teen. Yeah, or or even even having the uh, the four seconds become a late first yep. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, just getting another in that first round or moving up. I, I think it's gonna be really challenging to move up. Um, <laughs> More than a couple spots, and you probably don't want to give up a whole lot to move up just a few spots, unless you have someone targeted. But um, yeah, black. I, I keep getting people asking me like, would they be able to take those seconds and that number nineteen and get up to get Mitch Cobb? I mean, no, no, they cannot. No, no, Nobody's no. trading out of the top ten in this draft. No, it's uh, yeah, it's this is not the NFL. No, 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 and, and especially in this draft where there's that. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's the curious thing is if if they move anywhere and. Yeah, it feels so strange because like if this was like the second or third or fourth, like I guess the second would be Fantilli for sure. But once not you... necessarily. There's a Leo Carlson scuttlebutt going on. Yeah, interesting I draft after Bedard. Yeah, I don't. I, I... You, 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 and it, there's nothing that NHL GM loves more than outsmarting themselves. I know. I, I, I also think Mitchkov's the second or third best player in this draft. Like if, I, if you're if so, if you were Montreal, you would take Mitchkov at five. No break, no no doubt. Yeah, because I, I think you're you're waiting on someone for a couple of years anyways. Yeah, like, once you get the... past Fantilli. Maybe Carlson. Yeah. These guys aren't NHL ready yet. No, yeah, I think Fantilli's ready. I, I, he may go back to Michigan, but I think he's ready. And Carlson, even I mean, Carlson, uh, he's played in the SH, uh, SHL. He's yeah. he's played in the World Championships. Like he's probably pretty cro- close. But the other guys, yeah. I, if you're gonna wait a year or two, if you're gonna wait a year or two. Why not, why not, why not wait for the NHL ready guy who's yeah. gonna come? And I think they're overthinking. Like I, I know the Russia situation is complicated, and and certainly you worry about the KHL and guys resigning. But I think. I mean, he's going to be at the draft. Like he's meeting with player teams, yeah. and I, I think, I think they still want to play at this league. That you could be eventually, you want to get that second contract as soon as you can because yeah. that's when you get really paid. So I'll tell you, the Russia thing is becoming really interesting. Like that, 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 the fact that in this incredibly weak Hall of Fame class, Alex McGillney couldn't get yeah. in. It's starting to feel like there's a legitimate anti-Russian bias now, where it's like we don't even want to touch these guys because we're afraid of the PR or we don't like them. We don't try, like whatever it is. Like it's this is like the realest it's felt in a long time. It's so odd because they were you know like they weren't allowed at the the scouting combine. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're they're permitted to be at the draft and um and, and then you have the hockey hall of fame stuff and certainly all the pride night stuff and yeah yeah it, it's it's like the NHL is like making decisions without saying what the decisions yeah. are for and yeah everything just feels. At the you know at at the at the team level you're having this where they're they're afraid to draft him at the league level you're having this with some of the pride night stuff and then even at like you know like the hall of fame committee these you know eighteen shadow members that yeah. don't tell us what's going on like fucking Tom Barrasso and Mike Vernon are in the hall of fame but Alexander McGillney's not get the f- 
get out of here. This is this is becoming ridiculous. I, I mean, can't imagine those hockey. I mean, those guys, those people might even not be on Twitter, but they're on social media. But to go on there and and no one is happy, you know, it's like just, it's just unacceptable. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I'm not like I'm no fan of Vladimir Putin, but they were, if we're talking about hockey here, we're not talking about you know uh, uh, the, the the war here. No, it's uh, Matvey Mitchkov, as far as I know, is not you know driving policy in the rush in Russia. I haven't heard about that yet. It might be be another (laughs) insurrection. Um. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So I, what do we think? What do, who, who, do, who do we think the Hawks are drafting at number one? Oh, I may have to wait until the next podcast to think find out. You think they might uh, throw us a curveball and draft like Will Smith or something? <laughs> I, I think I think the Words family would get up there and make sure that <laughs> like tackling them. <laughs> ah, I'll kill you! I'll kill you, Mike Donaghy. Yeah, I, I think everyone is just yeah. The whole organization is excited because this is financially this can work out better for the business side. Oh God, you know, yeah. like it's um, yeah. the, t- the timing. Everything about it is perfect for them. Yeah, cause it's, and they it's, can it's, still suck next year and get a top five pick. Oh, next for year. sure, yeah. But yeah, as long as they're selling jerseys, yeah, and, yeah they'll sell out. There's no one. There's no one that sell, like no, yeah, fan, no one was gonna buy Fantilli jerseys yeah. like this. You yeah. know, like it just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, you're watching like a Mets game and there's someone wearing a Blackhawks Bedard jersey. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. I, I know the talent level description discrepancy is not the same, but it, it almost feels like when the Bulls considered drafting Michael Beasley over Derrick Rose. Like you know, like, <laughs> it, like, like there was only one pick that made any sense through every single level of this and. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I've been here for a couple of days now, and I've been, you, you talk to everybody, and everyone wants to talk about Bedard. And I keep asking the same question. And I, I don't, I don't mean, you know, I wrote a column the day of the draft lottery, and I was assuming the Blackhawks were not going to win yeah. it. So I, I was ringing on everyone's parade. But I, I've legitimate, like, the expectations for this kid are so insane now. Yeah. He's Connor McDavid. Like, it's not, it, if you're not Connor McDavid, like, what if, and some people do see this, what if he's Patrick Kane? Is that enough? That's not like he's. he's well, I think he's a better to, shooter than Patrick Kane was coming out. But what if his career is basically Patrick Kane's career, where Patrick Kane was the best player in the world exactly once when he won the Hart Trophy? Yeah, he was not a point a game guy for like seven or eight seasons to start his career. Yeah, and I know scoring was different, a little bit different in the in the, in the late two thousands than it is now. But uh, like, what if he's just really, really, really good? Is that enough? Like, I'm not saying he's going to be, like, he's a can't miss. Everyone says this is not going to be an Alex Daig situation. Yeah. But what if he's just really, really, really good? What if he's Taylor Hall? Yeah. Is that is that a failure? Like, the expectations are fucking insane right now. It seems, he's 17 years old. Connor McDavid is one of one. You can't expect, yeah. you know. I, I don't think he's, but. What if he's Austin Matthews? Is that good enough? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't. I. I. I, I, just, I feel like there's actual evidence of how good this kid. He's is. really good. Yeah, I just like there's you know the points and what he does in the ice and watching enough tape of him like it's it's something special and and, and a lot of it translates right away what he does with his shot and just uh, um, 
Yeah, just yeah. I don't. You know I, who else is really, really, really good? Patrick Kane, the greatest American hockey player of all time. And I'm wondering. But Kane, Kane, sort of. I mean, Kane's his draft year. He he was expected to be like a late first rounder, yeah. second. But Darn Talent fell in love with him. Yeah. Well, no, it just like he also blew up in in London. Like he, yeah. he went to a different level in his game. You know, like he started diversifying and. Um, but Bedard, it's been years now. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I. I it, it, I'm not saying he's a, a potential miss. Like he's a he is can't yeah. miss. He's not Nail Yakupov here. He's not even Yuri Slavkovsky. Like he's a can't miss guy. I'm just saying. Like I don't even know. Like like he has to score 150 points as rookie, or people be like, ah, he's not what we thought he was. No, I, I, just, I don't so think that's realistic. The but I, I think. I, I, the, I'd be surprising if he didn't come in and be a. a Pretty instant. Like he's not a superstar, but he, he's someone who's. What if, what if he has I think he'll produce sixty-five more. points next year as a rookie. That's really good for a rookie. Is that enough? Well, people be like, ah, oh, it's a letdown. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends how it comes and what the power. I mean, he's gonna. He's always gonna get a lot of ice time. He's playing the top power yeah. play. Power got, play will probably run through him. Top like, now. I, I think. I think he's set up in a position to, you know, somewhat succeed. Like it's not as you know, like it's not as well as probably Cannon Tapes walked into, but. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, not even Kane. I mean, it was after like Hosa came a little bit after that. And, yeah. I mean, at least, but yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, don't, I guess I haven't. I, I, I guess I don't think expectations are like. I think what he can become is that superstar. But out of the gate, like I don't. I, I think he's going to get all the opportunity to succeed, which is you know, like you give him the ice time and you're given, you know, like they're gonna they're, they're building the team around him. Like you 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 want the guy to be in a position to succeed. Um, and there's a learning curve, and you know, like there's, I, I think some people there has to be some realistic, yeah, expectations. Yeah, I'll tell you what, like, looking at, you know, I, I know you were in Buffalo for the combine. Kid is thick, man. Like he is not like some waif, Timothy Chalamet, seventeen year old. This is like a man coming in. His arms are huge. Like he yeah. is, he might be five ten, but he is built like a thirty year old. Oh, he's not five ten. He, he weighed five nine and three quarters. Excuse me. He is, he's built like a 30-year-old Patrick Kane, not like a 18-year-old Patrick Well, And that's why I think the Blackhawks are optimistic at least to try him at center. They yeah. think he's, you know, he's he sturdy enough sturdy, and yeah. he's, he can play the position. He's always played center. and um, Yeah, I don't know. I think some of it's going to be trial and error. And then some of it's, you know, like there is there has to be a learning curve for... I mean, we've seen that with Jack Hughes. Like, Jack Hughes is going to be a, a superstar. Jack Hughes was tiny when he came in. He was like a stick. Well, no, I'm just saying, yeah. but I mean, Jack Hughes... I'm saying that's like, another thing that, you know, that, that Bedard has over some of the yeah. other guys. No, for sure. Um, What's been interesting is like I've been talking to a lot of over the last little while a lot of like other top. I talked to Connor McDavid. I talked to Owen Power, uh, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and they all keep using the same phrase. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Everyone keeps raving about how this kid is built to handle this, and he's been facing these expectations long enough now that they kind of know that. Um, that's a huge part of this because he's going to he's, he's not going to Anaheim where he can just kind of toil in anonymity. He's going to Chicago. Yeah. He's going to be on national TV a shit ton. TNT and ESPN are going to eat this kid up. Yeah. So uh, the pressure and the spotlight is going to be bigger than McDavid faced. Maybe Matthews because it's Toronto. McDavid was big. McDavid was big because it but was but he's in Canada. A, but he's in Edmonton though. Yeah, it's not like Chicago media is like that. In t- like no, I, not local. But I mean, being in Chicago, he's going to be in the national spotlight yeah. more than he would be in Edmonton. I think Austin Matthews is the best comp there because Toronto is the center of the hockey world. Yeah. Um, and you know, very, I, I feel like Matthews would probably be because, regardless, I I I don't. It so. seems like everyone thinks he's going to be okay. No, for sure. But I just I don't think like like end, end of the day, like people don't talk Blackhawks on the radio still. Like it That's true. it just doesn't it doesn't feel. 
Um, like it's a big deal, and yeah, and and certainly you can see in the Blackhawks and the hockey fandom is is grown over the years, and people consistently come. I just I, I think. I think there'll be a large spotlight nationally, but I don't know if you'll always feel it in Chicago. Like, yeah, it's going to be a packed house and people are expecting things out of you. And maybe having someone like Taylor Hall now, like, it helps a little bit to yeah. take that edge off where not everyone's going to have to go to Connor Bedard after every single game, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, having Kane and Taves there, it, it took the burden off of young guys before. And um, you want to have some guys that we can talk to and guys that, that talk for the team. So, um, I think that's where that some of that lies too. Like so that Bedard's not the one like answering questions. Do you think the Blackhawks will have a captain next year, or does having Bedard waiting in the wings make them just like let's give it a couple of years of just having try alternates? No, like, I, th- good, I, I think I think you put him. I think you gotta give it to Murphy, right? Well, I mean, it, it, Seth Jones seemed like the logical choice because he was so locked in long term. Yeah. But now that you know that it's probably going to wind up being Bedard at some point, you can't give it to the guy who's here for seven more years. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. I don't know, Murphy handles Mur- Murphy like captain. absolutely deserves it. He's, yeah. He would be worthy, and he's only here for a couple of years. He could be a transition yeah. captain, but I'm not so sure they're going to even have one next year. Yeah, I, I, it'd be odd not Because that's what you do now, right? You just put like the Like, if you're moving on, on from player. Kane and Taves, then, then really move on. Like, it just... Connor Murphy makes sense as the captain. I, I think he's the one who will stand up and answer the tough questions. Yep. I think I think he's you know he, he behaves like a captain and certainly talks like a captain. And um, yeah, I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. And let's see what's but like, I, I think that from that respect that I, I I do think from a physical aspect I think Bedard's gonna be the real deal. But let's see who he is as a person, yeah. right? Like why hand over the. The captaincy. I mean, Taves would have been the first one to tell you that probably was a bad idea how young he was. Oh, he loved captain. talking about how unprepared he yeah, was. For so it. Yeah, so I, I mean, if you've learned anything about the past, is yeah, don't hand Connor Bedard the captain. Maybe he doesn't. Um, and just because he's your best player doesn't necessarily have to be he has the right. captain. Either. That's just that's it's interesting how that's become the norm. The, the norm, yeah. You just put the C on your best player. That's not what the captain's supposed to be. The captain's supposed to be, yeah. you know, the driving force that in the room. And he's not also the one on who the talks to the referees and stuff. Yeah. Like you, I, I think. Wait, yeah, wait, see what Bedard is, but I, I think Connor Murphy at, at, at many levels. Mur- Murphy works. is certainly, and, and I think Jones yeah. would be fine, but I just, I, I think Connor Murphy, the longevity and, yeah. and all those things, I think makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, he's like the only only guy of any standing that's been around for more than a couple of years <laughs> right. at this point. And I, I don't, I'm not sure Kershaw wants that role. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's a be, he's a better talker than he gets credit for these days. <laughs> he's gotten he's gotten cocky and funny, and I appreciate that. Um. But yeah, I, it, it sort of feels like the draft to be uh, now that they've traded someone and we know who they're. Drafting like a you know what I'm fine with it calming down because it's been yeah, yeah. it's it, these draft oh my god like like I always go back to that that Chicago year with the Jalmers and the Panarin trade like that was one of the most hectic days of our career it was <coughs> I remember I was I was dropping my daughter off at the babysitter and before heading into the United Center and I got the text on my phone. And I had to pull off into like the Walgreens parking lot and like shoot off some tweets and some emails and some texts, and then like going like eighty miles an hour on side streets to get her to drop her off at the end, and then dashing into the city. And then you get reports that you know Joel Quenville was storming out of the team meetings. He was so pissed about them trading Jomerson and Panarin, and then all kinds of shit. And we're doing teleconferences of sitting in the press box on the floor, and it, it was just chaos, man. That day, I like those days are fun, but they are also a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, even today, like I, I was I was getting ready for my flight. To come here, yeah, and, yeah. And, and this story broke, and I was driving back from. I got fifth, they were doing like a tour of Fifth Third Arena, the practice arena, on the day of that trade because it was the the draft was in Chicago. Yeah, and then I was driving home too. I remember seeing a Walgreens. It's funny that we have been in two different, different Walgreens <laughs> somewhere, but I was coming down. Chicago's a Walgreens in every corner. Coming, coming back home from Ashland, um, 
But yeah, just how that broke, and yeah, it'll yeah, it'll be nice if. Uh, these, I, 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 you know, sometimes I get you know these these weeks can be almost overwhelming because it's like the chaos of you know you get the awards into the draft into the free agency and all the trades that accompany it. But I appreciate the way the NHL does its offseason, man. Like every Canadian one has a cottage for some reason. I think they're all fabulously wealthy, I guess, and they all on July second are like fuck you guys, we're out of here, and they are gone for the summer. While, like, you know, the, the NBA, like, these trades happen. They don't come official for, like, three weeks after. And MLB hot stove just lasts months. And the NFL, there's all this cat machinations. Hockey's like, we are ripping that Band-Aid off and we are going home. It's weird because there, there's some deals that, that you know, like, in some signings, like, RFAs that'll linger. Oh, they'll drag out. They but the, but then it's like, then I'll, like, text someone who might know, like, an uh, insider. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in my cottage. I can't, <laughs> I can't really help you. I'm not really paying attention anymore. It's like, anything that happens after July 2nd or 3rd, yeah. like, it's... Yeah, it doesn't Especially really August. August in the hockey world is hilarious. Like there is nobody. Like you cannot get anybody on the phone yeah. in the month of August. It's felt weird. it's strange because we when we came on the beat, like it was so hectic there for three years yeah. straight, and then they have long off seasons. Like we've we've still write plenty. Um, it just it, it feels like such a different app and flow. You've covered playoff hockey more than I have, so it, I want a cottage. That's all I'm saying. Like Everyone gets a cottage. I want get like cottage. Michigan City or something. Or get a yeah, I, I live. Yeah, we're off Lake Michigan, man. You get we want to get one up by the dunes. We probably just split one if we want. Southwestern South Michigan. There's some beautiful ones over there. You know, I want a cottage. Everyone has a cottage. Or you just move to Canada. <laughs> That's the you, they go. You move in. They go. Here you go. Here's your healthcare card, <laughs> here's and here's your keys to your cottage. <laughs> and um. now give me your guns. <laughs> So we'll, we will podcast again uh, probably on, I guess, Wednesday night. Maybe Wednesday night. Maybe after Thursday. Maybe sometime on Thursday uh, when, when the dust settles a little bit. And, um, yeah, can't wait to see who the Blackhawks pick one overall. It'll be interesting. From our classes, I am Scott Powers. And it's just and Powers to talk to you soon. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit.